Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Dave Damashek here for the second part of our special fantasy summer primer with the Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano. If you missed the episode earlier in this week, go back and listen to it. We go over philosophy here in 2023, the way you might have approached your fantasy football draft two years ago, five years ago, or 15 years ago is probably, if you're doing it right, a little bit different than what you should be doing in 2023. A real good deep dive in that regard with Fabiano. And we also dabbled in tight ends. A weird position. Once you get behind Travis Kelsey, is there any value? As it turns out, Fabiano pointed out the guys who you do want and the ones to kind of avoid. Go back and listen to that. Now for part two, we have to get into the quarterbacks. We have to get into the running backs and the wide receivers. So let's do it from Sports Illustrated, all his great fantasy work there and fantasy dirt, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern every day, Monday through Friday on Sirius Radio. Let's get to it. It's Michael Fabiano. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesars Sportsbook? But before you answer, two words, Caesars Rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey. Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming. Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. 
helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now let's jump to wide receivers. Give me a name or three that you consider overvalued and uh, a name or three that you consider undervalued. Uh, We'll start with overvalued. Debo Samuel, I hate to say it, just like Mark Andrews, he's had one real big season. That's Hmm. it. And that one big season, he rushed for 360 plus yards and eight touchdowns. Those are both records in the NFL among wide receivers. And it's not happening again. Now, if McCaffrey and Mitchell both go down, okay, I could be wrong. But when you got those two guys ahead of you, I don't know how many carries Debo's going to get. And again, he's had one really good year. And the other years of his career were modest. And, you know, he would admit it last year, he wasn't all that great. But, D, I, I, I would not be surprised if Brandon Ayuk scored more points again than Debo Samuel. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. That's at a all. great call, and be, yeah, the presence of CMC should diminish mm-hmm. Debo as a ball carrier himself. I'm yep. seeing him slotted comfortably as your second op, as your second uh, pass catcher, your second wide receiver, I should say. Yeah, in the yep. teens, in the late teens, among most uh, most mm-hmm. of your colleagues there. Yeah, I guess that makes some sense. I buy that. How much do you? Oh, do you concern yourself with, or is that overthinking something that I don't like his QB? I don't like as a, for instance, I'm not in love with Brock Purdy as a, as a, so then that diminishes Debo Samuel in my book. How much are you looking at stuff like that? Oh yeah, you certainly do. But that that's more of like, if you're making a decision between two players, you may lean one way or the other because the quarterback is better. Uh, right now with Devonte Adams. I mean, I can use that as an example. Devonte Adams is a stud. He's been great for the majority of his career. If I'm in a draft right now that we're playing out and I've got to choose between Devontae Adams and say A.J. Brown, I'm taking A.J. Brown. If I got to choose between Devontae Adams and C.D. Lamb, I'm taking C.D. Lamb. Why? I don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation in Las Vegas. If Jimmy Garoppolo is not ready for camp, who the hell are they going to? Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell? Like, really? It's grand. Even if Garoppolo is ready. That guy is Jackie Paper. He's always hurt. And so even if Garoppolo misses four games, say, that's four games where Devontae Adams could end up not producing great numbers. If I knew Garoppolo was going to be under center for 16-plus games, I'd okay, I got no questions with, with Adams. I think Garoppolo, I mean, he supported you know Debo a few years ago when he had 1,400 yards, so I'm not worried about it. But, geez Louise, if Garoppolo is out and misses some time, I don't care like how good Devontae Adams is. And, you know, after what he said with, Hey, I told you I didn't need Rogers. I mean, well, you played with your college quarterback. who You got a really good rapport with. So that kind of helped. Let's see what you can do with Aiden O'Connell. I don't think much. So it's, but you talk about, I'll I'll say this. You talk about the depth at the position and obviously I'm with you on that, but I don't, after you talk about Justin Jefferson and then Jamar chase, there are a lot of guys who you're kind of like, I don't know what's going on exactly with Cooper Cup. Is he definitely on his way back? Tyree Kill, 
love him. Talk about a great situation in that offense with Jalen Waddle as well. But, you know, I don't know that two is definitely going to be healthy. Obviously, I'm picking the Dolphins to win that division and make a Super Bowl run here on the health of Tua. But, you know, there's some questions there. Devontae Adams, you don't know who his quarterback is. Stephon Diggs, I don't know what the hell's up there. Yeah. I mean, St. I, I feel like how excited am I going to be? He's a top, he's definitely a number one option in fantasy football. Cooper Cup, uh, I get it. You can make an argument against him being a top five pick because Stafford has certainly, uh, uh, he didn't look good last year, even when he was healthy. Let's put it that way. And there's nobody else in that offense in the passing game, really, besides Higby. And he's not a huge threat. Defenses are going to be targeting him. But I mean, just Stafford's got, and he's always had tunnel vision towards Cooper Cup. Uh, I believe Cup is what 29. Um, so you know, he, he's not he's not at the point where we're worried about age. Tyreek, I, I gotta be honest with you, I don't think he's going for 1700 yards again. It's really hard to do that in back to back years historically, mm. but you know, 13, 1400 yards and you know, seven, eight touchdowns. I mean, yeah, certainly that's in the cards. Uh, I, I CD Lamb, I love. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to throw the ball a ton this year. If you look back at when Mike McCarthy was calling plays in Green Bay, uh, you know, with Favre and Rodgers, I mean, they were throwing the ball 37, 38 times a game. And that was, you know, back then. Now, I mean, this is now you got 17 game seasons and uh, more of a, uh, the, the passing game is leaned on more often. And, you know, Zeke's leaving behind, what, 230, 240 touches. I mean, so there's a lot of offense there in Dallas. I think they're going to be using that, uh, that passing game a lot. I think Dak's going to be a pretty good bargain. If you can get him in the double digit rounds, which right now you can, but I just, overall, I just think there's more talent at wide receiver and, and it's younger too. Like look, Jefferson's young. Chase is young. Uh, Lamb is young. AJ Brown is young. Uh, Amon Ra, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, like Smith, they're all really young guys. We're at the running back position. You know, Derrick Henry's 29. You know, I mean, there's guys out there who are older who can't even get jobs right now, like Fournette and like Zeke. Um, so there's there's a little bit more maybe to worry about uh, at that position in terms of the age. And, and we know, you know, we hate to say it, but we know running back is certainly affected more by age than, than wide receiver is. Hell, Dalvin Cook just rushed for, what, 1,000 yards for the fourth straight year? He's 27 years old and he's on the street. It's crazy. Well, he's, but again, he's not going to be on the street. But where do you come down? What's the calculation on these? Are, this is like a uh, related questions. First of all, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans take a hit going from Tom Brady to, to Bake or Kyle Trask, either way, or a combo of those two. They're right. going to be worse. But how far do you drop them and, uh, you know, individually? And then as far as that goes, because they no longer are like a, a premium pass offense without Tom Brady, but you do still have what's going on in Cincinnati. And, you know, you mentioned Ayuk and, and uh, Debo Samuel, like where do you come down on drafting multiple starting wide receivers for your uh, receivers who you're going to start both of them, but they're on the same NFL team. Yeah. I typically don't love that. Um, but in some high octane offenses, maybe it doesn't matter like the ones you mentioned, especially Cincinnati, Miami, if I have Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, okay. Uh, you know, maybe in Dallas, if CD's my one and Lamb and uh, and and Cook is my my three, you know, something like that. I can I can see that as well. Typically I try to avoid uh those sort of scenarios. Um, but 
you, again, I mean, you've got so much depth at wide receiver and so many of these teams out there have two really good wide receivers. And sometimes it's hard to, to pass on that second one. If you've drafted the first, if the players uh, at that position around him that are available are, are not as valuable in your eyes. So I, I, I would, I'm not hundred percent against it. Uh, you know, I don't want, I, I'm not talking about like, you know, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers. We're talking about more of the, you know, the high end duos. Yeah. I hear and, you. Uh, and so like, I, I mean, I don't mind it. Like if, let's say if I drafted Tyree kill in the first round and I'm down to Waddle and Devonte Smith in round two, will I take Smith to avoid the double up? Yeah. Because they're both really close in value. Um, okay. Well, those are fun either ors to play with the same team. Let's do my favorite team. Do you want George Pickens or do you want Deontay Johnson? Based on ADP, I'd probably rather have Pickens because I can get them later. Hmm. But they're close. Overall, like Deontay is going to go first. I mean, Deontay had no touchdowns last year. That's not going to happen again. Of course. And Kenny Pickett should be better. Now, I'm going to throw the question back at you in that how much does Allen Robinson affect either one of those two guys or does he at all? I hear good things so far. You, you never hear bad things coming out of minicamp this side of the the, the Stefan Diggs uh, melodrama. But yeah, I mean, everybody's like, oh, he looks better than ever. Boy, he's ahead of schedule, all that kind of talk. Um, I mean, I what what I think is, and this is the the hard math to do. I don't think Kenny Pickett is gonna, you know, be a, a top six statistical passer, top eight, uh, top ten statistical passer in terms of raw yardage and and touchdown passes and everything else, they are obviously going to try and play bully ball this year, but that doesn't mean so like how much does that impact a guy who big red zone target, like George Pickens, he should get in the end zone quite a bit. You would think in his second season, he was really coming on there in the second half of the season to begin with. So I like Pickens, but Deontay Johnson does get those hundred targets pretty consistently. And so that's hard to pass on as well. I mean, I kind of like, I don't, but I hear big it, things about it. To answer your question, I'm hearing that Allen Robinson looks legit. I don't know what yeah. happened the last couple of years, but I hear he looks pretty good, and he's not so aged that it's implausible that he would bounce right. back. And I don't mind Kenny Pickett either. Like He's a QB3, so he's probably not going to get drafted in most traditional leagues, but if you're in a super flex, if you're in Scott Fish, or you're in a a, a multi-quarterback league, like I, I get it. You know His rookie year wasn't that great. The offensive line got better. They added Allen Robinson to the offense. They've got Darnell Washington as well, who probably used more as a blocker, but potentially could be definitely a pretty good red zone option. And, you know, Kenny Pickett can run for 350, 400. Like he's a mobile type quarterback. He's not RG3, but he can, you know, he can, he can give you that kind of total as a runner. And he's got a year of experience under his belt. So if you're looking to take like a late round flyer on a QB3, I I think Kenny Pickett's a decent pick. I mean, the guy was a first rounder. Uh, you know, the, the best quarterback in the, the 2022 class, although, you know, not not the, the, the best class, obviously. But still, uh, you know, we, we forgot about him because he really didn't do much as a rookie. But think about it. How many rookie quarterbacks really come out and go crazy? Peyton Manning had, what, 28 picks as a rookie? Well, a lot, in fact. And there's a name. There is a name I want to get to when we get to QBs. But one more wide receiver I want to throw at you okay. for your reaction. Then I know there's a big difference between me and Spaghetti where we come down on this guy. But he's that's because he's bitter about it. Kadarius Tony. How is Kadarius Tony this far behind some of the names? I'd rather have Kadarius Tony. I don't know if this counts as crazy, but I'd rather have Kadarius Tony than Mike Evans. Uh, if you're going for the high upside play, I, yes. I totally, I totally get that. Here's the problem with Kadarius Tony. 
not durable, not big. And as Patrick Mahomes warned us last year, never know which wide receiver is going to be the lead guy in terms of targets on a weekly basis. Now, I still think they should go after New Copkins. That would be a match made in fantasy heaven. I don't know if it's going to happen. But hmm. right now, like, would you be surprised if Sky Moore was better at the end of the year than Kadarius Tony? I, I, I wouldn't because Kadarius Tony has shown us a couple of flashes, but really not much. I mean, the Giants got rid of him despite his talent. Something wasn't going on uh, the way it should have been in in, uh, in Big Blue there. Is he the most talented wide receiver they have? Yeah. But, I mean, they're starting Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So, like, I, you know, I mean, if you like upside, absolutely. Go ahead and take Kadarius Tony, And I wouldn't mind drafting him either as, like, a, a potential sleeper type. But do I want him as anything but my wide receiver four? I, I don't. Because I think it's going to be really hard to figure out who's going to be the guy week to week in Kansas City's offense. And, and Kadarius Tony is not Tyreek Hill. I mean, I just like what he did. I predicted it. Uh, see, now I'm self-validating. I'm doing the opposite of uh, Eddie Spaghetti, who didn't like him because of his Giants days and how he was a bum there. Um, <laughs> well, he was. and But he I was. predicted that he was going to be the difference maker in that offense in the postseason. And, and I think that I, I think that's pretty accurate uh, call by me in advance. He's a talented guy. He's just got to stay out of the trainer's room. Um, okay, now let's get to the running backs here. Your boy, uh, Austin Eckler, is delightful. He loves fantasy football. Has he replaced Maurice Jones-Drew as the most fantasy-aware, active player that you can ever remember? Yeah, I, MJD was doing fantasy shows, I believe, towards the end of his career. He definitely was. Still. I was talking to him while he was. I was, I was literally yeah. doing shows with him while he was still playing. But... MJD is not nearly as active in fantasy as he used to be, at least publicly, where Austin is the ambassador for fantasy football among active players right now. There's no question about that. Okay. There are a lot of fascinating names here. We've gone over Derrick Henry and, you know, the 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 wear and tear of touching the football too many times at the pro level. The results are in. You do not want a guy. You can feel bad for Alvin Kamara or Derrick Henry or Zeke Elliott, but that's the reality that as they get to year six or eight, they're getting pretty close to uh, 100% of those guys being past their best days. Here's who stands out to me as a guy who still is like overvalued and I'm not even get. Some people still have Joe Mixon as a number one running option. How say you on that one? That seems like a that seems like a fool's errand to grab Joe Mixon, expect him to be your guy, right? But Joe Mixon could be your RB one if you draft him in the third round and take two wide receivers with your first two picks. I've seen Mixon go in round three and round four, and at that point, I'll buy because he's still the top back in an extremely explosive offense. Is Chase Brown going to come in and steal carries? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, and I, I get there is a whole lot of hoopla in the offseason about mixing some off field stuff. He's still on the roster and he's still by far the best running back. He's still in the prime of his career. So now I don't I don't mind Joe Mixon as as my RB one. If I went wide receiver, wide receiver, say in the first couple of rounds uh, and Mixon's the best available running back in round three. I don't have a problem with that. Is he Saquon or McCaffrey or Eck? No, of course not. But based on the build that you began uh, getting him as an RB1 is not half bad. Here's a way to overarchingly address running back. And you kind of touched on it. And I just said as much about older running back, second contract area, or, you know, uh, 
you know, kind of window guys are probably getting close to washed up. If they're not washed up, ergo, you want the young guys, which means Bijan Robinson is appealing. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker, the third, should be appealing to you. Brees Hall, if you buy that he's back. There's a lot of negativity attached to Jameer Gibbs because of where he went in the draft, and people thought that the Lions reached a little bit there. But nevertheless, you can see that they're going to run the ball a ton. Don't forget the curse of Barry Sanders. You know I love that stuff. Well, I mean, I yeah, but I think that that that's a great value pick there. I'm ticking through these jump on any of them, but – I think the the overarching way to analyze running backs is is young guys, right? I mean, like, and then there's one specific name I want to talk about, and that's Najee Harris, who should get fed a ton based on the way Mike Tomlin has traditionally used or overused his running backs. Which is great, and the offensive line is better, which is also great. What made Najee a real star as a rookie was what, 74 catches that he have, Dave? I can't remember. It was 70-something right. catches. I don't know that he's ever getting close to that again. Last year, he had, what, 41? And so that hurts, but the running production, getting into the end zone, being a featured back. I mean, Najee Harris is still going in the top three rounds across the board. Uh, you can get him if if you want to go with wide receiver, wide receiver strategy or tight end wide receiver strategy. You may be able even to get Najee at the wheel in round four. Are you uh, kidding me? Serious, man. From what I'm seeing... He's a third round pick and in some drafts he'll last until that that last part of the third round uh and into the fourth. It's rare. I'm using my eyeballs on this one. <clears throat> I would rather have Najee Harris than I would Tony Pollard. Talk me out of that because there's no board that I'm seeing that has Najee Harris ahead of Tony Pollard. Um but I mean Tony Pollard's a little fella and he's coming back from injury. I get it. Uh he's also and, and you know not that Najee Harris is a, is a guy who's had a lot of wear and tear. But, you know, Pollard has not a lot of work. He's in an explosive offense that the running back always seems to thrive in, no matter who it is. If it's Zeke, if it's DeMarco Murray, hell, even Darren McFadden. Um, I, I mean, th- I mean, what is- are we talking about? You're talking about something that has nothing to do with now. I, with listen, I'm just saying <clears throat> the Cowboys have always had good running backs from a family. Tony Dorsett had some good years. That, oh, oh. And why won't they bring back those Royal Blues from the 70s? Well, it now really that makes agree. me cry. That's a whole nother conversation. The Bucks are bringing back the cream sickles. They're doing us right. Uh, the Eagles are bringing back the Kelly Greens. I'm guessing you the know. Titans by the way, back- I didn't. I thought they were bringing back the <clears throat> 1960 Kelly Greens. They're bringing back the Re- Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, awesome. Jerome Brown ones with the those eagle are, on the sleeve. Yes. Those are yeah, nice. Those are those are nice. Uh, I wish the Cowboys would bring them. I don't know why they wouldn't do it. And maybe I'm just being a honk, but without Zeke, uh, I fully expect Pollard to be as good as he was last year. And he's explosive, man. He gets the ball out of the backfield. Obviously, you know, he's a guy who's got explosion in that first step. And he was a hell of a draft pick by the Cowboys a few years ago. So uh, maybe I'm the wrong guy to ask because I'm a Cowboys fan. But I mean, I'm I'm taking Pollard over over Najee as well. Well, not in your division, but a rival of the last uh, quarter century or the Green Bay Packers, I think. And a lot of people thought that last year was going to be that year. I I did say I was skeptical of how much number 12 was going to try to play hero ball, even though the advantage seemed to be running the ball. I think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon thrive. The only problem is, is the presence of each other in the backfield. What do you expect from them? Better numbers with Rodgers out of the picture? Uh, Aaron Jones will be the better of the two backs, although the split was pretty close in terms of the carries last year. 
I'm kind of at the point now where I feel like AJ Dillon kind of is what he is. Hmm. Like he's never going to be like Derrick Henry. Like you know, everyone, oh, he's a big guy. Look at the quads. He's going to be Derrick Henry. He's not. Can so catch, right. He kind of is what he is. And Aaron Jones is the better of the two backs. And are they going to want to lean on the backfield? Absolutely. When they've got an inexperienced quarterback in Jordan Love under center. And honestly, they're top three wide receivers. Like, okay, Christian Watson was really good in the second half of last year. Uh, Romeo Dobbs flashed a couple of times, especially early. I mean, who's their number three wide receiver right now? Is, is it Reed, the rookie out of Michigan State? I mean, they, you know, their their top two tight ends are, are both kids. It's a young offense. So, yeah, they're going to have to lean on the run. And Aaron Jones, even though he's getting up there, a uh, guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, still an explosive player as a runner as well. So uh, I, I would I would think he's going to get a lot of work. But A.J. Dillon will maybe get a, a few more looks here and there than he did last year. But I, I, unless Jones gets hurt, I kind of think Dillon is what he is at this point. Just a couple more because they're some of the biggest names in football. It's funny to me where uh, Nick Chubb is being valued. It seems like they've got him ranked pretty low. Collectively speaking, I would say you and your peer group have Chubb as somewhere between the seventh and 10th best running back option. Obviously, in real football terms, that's not true. Is he being undervalued in fantasy terms? I don't think so because he's still a late first round pick. I mean, at worst, he's going around the turn in round two. Uh, but you got to think of all the wide receivers that are going now in the first round, right? I mean, you've got, but I mean, people got, would rather have Derrick Henry than Nick Chubb. That seems, weird I think that's personal preference. Derrick Henry has been the better fantasy back. Um, I think it's personal preference, but it certainly doesn't hurt that Kareem Hunt's not around anymore. And honestly, right. Kareem Hunt didn't do anything last year either. Uh, right now their, their backup is Jerome Ford. So uh, the, you know, Chubb should see a lot of work, but also how much more are they going to lean on the pass this year? Now that they have Deshaun Watson and they traded for Elijah Mitchell. Are they as run heavy as they were in the past? I mean, we're, we're going to find out. Stefanski typically is not a guy who throws the ball excessively, but I mean, maybe that changes now that he's got Deshaun Watson at quarterback. But no, if you preferred Chubb over Henry, I think that's that's 100% arguable, and I wouldn't I, I wouldn't sway you against that. They're both very close in value. I, no, I like Nick Chubb. Uh, Here's the he, wild card. Back. Here's the wild card. Even though they made the playoffs last year, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars remain a fascinating team. And I meant to ask you about where, if, if you're kind of like optimistic or pessimistic about Calvin Ridley, that's a good way to do it. Just a undervalued, overvalued, optimistic, uh, pessimistic. It's, it feels, feels broader than that. Like it's a good way to lean in one direction or the other. Um, but regarding the Jags, I feel like the personification of them is that we don't really have a good handle on anything about Duval County because I'm not sure that their playoff games count as much as the other playoff games do. I'm I'm anti-Florida uh, sports right now. I'm sorry, Fabiano, now that uh, you're in the sunshine sports. It all feels five minutes old, and it's hard to get a good read on what's going on. Travis ATN, talk about him. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about what he might do this year? I guess I'm pessimistic in that. I don't know that he's going to be much better than he was last year. If you're talking about a guy who you're expecting to make the next step, like think about what we've heard after James Robinson got traded. Uh, Etienne was on uh, 74% of the carries and we're already hearing that they don't want that again. They drafted tank Bigsby. They signed the Ernest Johnson. Uh, they, they still have hasty back there in that backfield. And Etienne was averaging like 16 touches a game. I don't know that that's going to increase. And if he loses any red zone opportunities to Bigsby or anybody else, like, I mean, that's a problem too. The good thing is that ETN is really explosive. He averaged over four, five yards per carry. 
last year. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, but I feel like he does kind of have a ceiling. And speaking of Ridley and the Jags passing game, Ridley in, in some best ball leagues is going like in the first four rounds. Hmm. And right now he's, he's a top 50 pick. Like people love him. That's over. Even though he hasn't played, even I I mean, he hadn't played in a while, but I mean, I mean, how long is it going to take? He's got to gain a report with Lawrence. That's the guy in Jacksonville that if you're looking for a breakout player, that's the guy Ridley or Lawrence. No, 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 no. Ridley already broke out. It's it's Lawrence. Lawrence. I agree with you about that. Lawrence did not hit his ceiling last year. I would not be surprised if Lawrence was a top five quarterback this year in fantasy behind, you know, the big four, which would of course be in any order, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Hertz, and Joe Burrow. I could see him being five. I could see him throwing for 4,530 plus touchdowns. Now that he's got Ridley, they got a hell of a, a cast of characters in terms of the passing game there. Zay Jones is pretty good. Evan Ingram was very good last year. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if Trevor Lawrence is putting up crazy numbers. And the the, the division they play in stinks. I mean, the Titans I am aren't great. You. The Colts I- aren't great. The Texans stink. So. It's absolutely right that that team has a chance, not because they're the most talented team in the AFC, but they have a they have the inside track on the number one seed if they're a, a legit good team because mm-hmm. of the bum division they're in. They should go five and six. They should go five and one in their division at worst. That's a, the Chiefs probably aren't going to do that in the West. Although I guess they they keep disproving me on that. To your point though about running backs, and then we'll move on to to mm-hmm. the most important position in real football. But to your point, like I get CMC is appealing and Eckler and Barkley. And we talked about all those guys, but it is interesting that I would almost blindly, if you said, would you rather have one through 12 in terms of collective fantasy projections or 13 through 24? I could make a case that like the guys that are slotted there, like Aaron Jones and Ken Walker, Najee Harris, Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs. I don't want anything to do with James Conner at this point, but like JK Dobbins and Damian Pierce, like that, that's not a bad, there is a lot of value to what you, where we started uh, this whole conversation in the, in the, you know, nominally second running back that will be on. And there are, there are going to be some like 10 team leagues where you can get Aaron Jones in the fourth round and you can get Ken Walker in the fifth round and you can get, uh, you know, a, a Damian Pierce in the fifth or sixth round too. Um. Okay. Now to quarterback, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. You've been uh, far too generous with your time, but too bad. What's done is done now. Now it's too late to hang up. I love you, Damashek. You know that. Let's talk about QBs here real quick. Trevor Lawrence is a guy I'm with you completely. And, you know, it's not me making fun or, or, or being down on Florida. I'm right that people forget about Jacksonville because Trevor Lawrence, because of Trevor Lawrence is what proves my point. About that. When people start taking off Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Joe, Brett, nobody ever mentions Trevor Lawrence, but he had a good sophomore season there. The rookie season, nobody succeeded down year. It was a it was a horrid, toxic environment. But year two, he started to validate what everybody thought of him. Now in year three, I'm with you. He has a chance to take off here. And as you say, the pass catchers are nice. They have some interesting options in the backfield, different uh, different kinds of looks of the way they can attack you. You say number five. So where are you then on Lamar Jackson in act two of his pro football career as they turn it into a more conventional offense? I don't think it's going to be yeah. 
you know, I don't think it's going to be Drew Bledsoe with the Patriots in 96 kind of offense, but I think he's going to run a little bit less. Right now, he's my QB5. I think Lawrence could be as good as QB5. I think that's his ceiling because the other four guys are so damn good. I've got Lamar right now fifth because I love the rushing ability. Now, does this mean that under Todd Mocken, he's going to rush for a thousand yards? I maybe not, but still 800 yards and, you know, five, six touchdowns, pretty damn good. Uh, and remember, I mean, this is a guy who won an MVP in 2019 at what 36 touchdown passes and I think it was eight or nine picks. So he can get it done in the league. And Monken is not a guy who's leaned on the run a ton in the past. When you look at the numbers, he was actually the offensive coordinator. Remember the year that Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, Jameis Winston were the quarterbacks in Tampa Bay Mm -hmm. and their numbers combined over a 16 game schedule were like the QB two or QB three, like behind breeze or something. It was like some, he, Monken is a guy who likes to throw the ball and everything that the Ravens did in the off season signals, they're going to throw the ball more. They signed Odell Beckham jr. They signed Nelson Aguilar. They drafted Zay flowers. Who's small. Uh, I I don't know that he's going to make a massive fantasy impact this year. Uh, And and in fact, I kind of doubt it. But you know, Rashad Bateman's still there. They've got Mark Andrews. Like they've got a lot of mouths to feed in the passing game if they all can stay healthy. And some of those guys have had some injury issues, of course, uh, none greater than OBJ. But yeah, I, I think he is going to throw the ball more. So that's why I like Mark Andrews. That's why yeah. um, I, you know, I like most of uh, I like Bateman the most. I think that the knock of injury prone and all that. He's still too early in his career to tag him with that. Odell Beckham. Now he's another matter. He does deserve it. It, it, You know, the recurring injuries mount up at some point, Mm -hmm. but I'm with you. And the other thing to consider with the Baltimore Ravens, who I am relatively speaking down on in real football terms. um, I doesn't mean I I think they're going to go, you know, five and 12 or anything, but I I think people are overestimating the presence of Todd Munkin. It does actually matter when you have to install it. You know, we talk all the time about like, Oh, that QB has a, a, has another offensive coordinator to deal with. This is a a major overhaul. What they're asking Lamar Jackson to do here. The idea Mm -hmm. that he's going to hit the ground running literally or figuratively is a little bit of a reach for me. But the other thing is that defense is not going to be what it has typically been in Baltimore. So they're going to be in more shootouts. Is that a thing to you that if you think a QB is in a situation with a bad defense, that does that actually yield the numbers that people always talk? That's one of those things people point at, like his team's going to be in shootouts. You want him on as your quarterback or you Uh, want him as your pass catcher because they're going to be playing catch up a lot. A quarterback that is the leader of an explosive offense and the defense stinks. I mean, that's, that's great in fantasy. Think of Jared Goff last year. He was QB 10. Think of Kirk Cousins last year. The Vikings were just awful. They gave up the most points in the league defensively. So yeah, that, that definitely helps. Uh, so that's not a, a real, so that's reality, not some fantasy myth. People in, talk. in certain situations. Absolutely. Yes. One more guy I have to ask you about specifically with QBs, because this is the one you and I have gone back and forth on this for literally now a dozen or 15 years. Rookie QBs who run. This is the this. uh, It is. Yes, you must blur your eyes because rookie QBs tend to make a ton of mistakes and their teams might not be very good. But they in the meantime, that situation for Anthony Richardson is pretty good. The offensive line is, is, is pretty good. Um. Michael Pittman is a decent place to start. Jonathan Taylor is a nice distraction if you're the quarterback. And he's going to run around a ton, Anthony Richardson is. Mm-hmm. I think he is a reasonable, like, I know Sal is listening. And he is, he is the king of, in our 
auction draft $1 for his QBs, and he always holds his own. Everybody else, $35 in a $200 uh, auction league. I don't I do not do that either. I stick, I, I stay $10 or less at QB too. But I think Anthony Richardson is a great value. Like he's going to be one of those guys, like you get him for 2 or $3 and he might end up being like a top six or eight QB. Here's a problem though, is the hype on Anthony Richardson building to the point where he's not going to be a $2 player. I honestly, I, I, I've, I've seen spots where Anthony Richardson is getting drafted right in the same ballpark as Kirk Cousins um, mm. because of the ceiling. Yeah, and but that's more fun anyway. You take Anthony is, Richardson right, yeah. over Kirk Cousins at this point, right. just for fun's sake. Mobile quarterbacks as first-year players, that's where you can hit something, where you can find that hidden gem. And again, we've talked about it forever. If you look at rookie quarterbacks who are more prototypical pocket passers, they normally don't make a really consistent impact uh, in their first year. They'll have good games. They'll have bad games. It's those mobile quarterbacks, RG3, Cam Newton, certainly, Russell Wilson. Uh, hell, I'll go back to Vince Young. I, th- these guys, like, and if you can give me four or 500 yards on the ground. Tim or, Tebow, when he broke out with the Broncos, right. was, a, was, was fantasy gold. And you yeah. laughed at that. We've talked about, I told you, like, Tim Tebow stinks. He's a, he's a terrible actual QB, except fantasy. in fantasy. Yeah. And, and then he good. just kept like, it was like, and, and it was a nail biter every week. He had like two points with four minutes left in real football games. And then he would wind up with 25. Yeah. There are guys like would, that. And I think Anthony Richardson might be he one would of run those for guys. A touchdown late. Yeah. I, I Listen, I love mobile quarterbacks. Uh, and, and it, again, if you go back and look at the history of the national football league, the majority of the rookie quarterbacks who've had the best numbers and made the greatest impact we're mobile. I mean, even Justin Herbert rushed for five touchdowns as a rookie. That helps a lot. I mean, that's right. 30 points right there. So that's why Richardson is the darling in dynasty among quarterbacks. No one's talking about Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or anybody else. Richardson is the number one pick in dynasty. If you're looking for a quarterback and honestly in redrafts, he's going to go ahead of Bryce Young. He's going to go ahead of CJ Stroud. There's no question about that. He's raw. He's got to learn a lot at, at the NFL level in terms of being a passer. But man, that mobility is fun to watch. He's an exciting player. Uh, and I hope to get him in a few leagues. Even if I maybe break my own rule and overdraft him a little bit, um, it'll be fun to watch Anthony Richardson out there on my fantasy team. And that That's assumes, right. and that assumes he even gets the job in week one because the mustache might be waiting in the wings there. Well, probably not. It'll probably be Richardson. I think that they'll just go like, ah, let's start the clock on this kid. (laughs) Minshew ain't no answer for us. Um, Very last thing, quick answer Deshaun Watson, a top 10 fantasy quarterback or not morality aside. Low QB one. Yeah. He certainly could be the last time top 12 for sure. The last time he played a full season, he led the league in passing and that was for the Texans. All right. And uh, you just have to deal with your then. moral qualms if you want I, him. I, I, listen, if, if you don't want to draft the guy, I 100% agree with it. That's fine with me. Um, he's getting picked as a low-end QB1. And honestly, if you like to subscribe to the weight on a quarterback philosophy. He's going to be gonna one, be one, one of those of your guys. You're right. He's going to be one of your targets. What's going to challenge my me up on Mount Pius while I'm drafting? You know I don't take any Ravens, Brannies, or Bungles if I can help it. So that I might be putting the ultimate tough test. And now a quick break. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, listen. Uh, awesome time, Fabiano. Muzzle tub on the move across football America there. Best wishes to you. We know you're going to continue to churn out the great work you always do. A must follow three and football, NFL football is a 365 operation at this point. Fabiano burning the midnight oil before even the league figured that out. Fabiano was always toiling the day after the football season ended. Fabiana was already making pages for the next season. This is a great lesson for all the kids out there, whatever you want to do, work as hard as Fabiano does in fantasy football, and you might wind up in your Hall of Fame. Uh, good luck to you. By the way, nice plates by your at, at your aunt's. Uh, I'm at my aunt's. Hey, exactly. she's, she's an antique collector. You, dude, hold on a second. You want to see no, don't take any paper? plates off the wall. Don't, don't do it. Look at the eyes on this doll, dude. That's scary, man. You have people have nightmares about that behind this Sports Illustrated thing. There's all kinds of woo, Eddie Spaghetti. Ah. Oh my God, that's got to be your fantasy logo, Annabelle in here. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, what was that scary movie earlier this year? It freaked me out just to look at that doll. Anyway, listen, great times. Check them out. Fantasy Dirt, um, two to four Monday through Friday Eastern on Sirius, and all the great work on Sports Illustrated. All the best, Fabiano. Next time we'll catch up. You and uh, Spaghetti can lament your Yankees together, all right? We'll do that. Thanks, my friend.